0: This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Amarest, CPA with Parmels & Associates. So when I first started doing this, I didn't really see many of my clients having official loaner car programs. Compare that today, I have people that have literal fleets of loaner cars. And how do you manage this? And a lot of you out there listening probably know it can be a big struggle. And so this week, we're going to be talking with Laura Tierney from Shop Loaner. And her company has a system that a lot of my clients use and use very happily that allows you to track and do a lot of really cool things with your loaner cars. So I think that you'll really pick up a couple things from her and really enjoy our talk. Before we get into that, though, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. For over 30 years, NapaTrax has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the best, most comprehensive SMS in the industry. We'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Visit them online at NapaTrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Just wanted to welcome Laura Tierney with me here today. I'm super excited. Laura is from Shop Loaner. A lot of you guys have probably heard of them. I know a lot of my clients use them. Shop Loaner is a company that allows my clients to help track their vehicles, track their repairs on it, a ton of other stuff that I'm probably butchering here. But Laura, just wanted to say thank you for coming on. And why don't you give a little bit of background on it that probably do a little bit better job than I can even.
1: First of all, thanks for having me. I always love doing podcasts and I think this should be a really good one. Our company, Owner, originally was started as a, honestly, it was a software product that was written in DOS in the 90s to help car dealerships manage their loaner vehicles and get all the paperwork filled out for those cars and keep track of it. It evolved into a cloud-based solution in the two thousand fifteen. And started selling it as a cloud-based solution to car dealerships in their service department. And again, you know, it has evolved greatly since then from something that was more of just like a form filler to having all these extra features that really help you keep track of these cars. During COVID, we started seeing more and more independent repair shops that were interested in that product. And what we came to discover is that it's very similar but different in that Repair shops do not have to answer to manufacturer guidelines, requirements, etc. So we could take the same product and kind of gear it more toward independent repair shops so that when we are getting these things coming down from above at the OEM level, we don't have to kind of bother the shop with that kind of stuff and those type of requirements that we're going to have to add into the software. We can kind of keep it a little bit more simple for them. And also in doing so, we tried to sell it with a different price point in mind. When we sell to the car dealerships, we always kind of had that price point where we realized independent repair shops typically have small. And so we geared the pricing to be more friendly for that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was gonna be my first question. I'd be like, wait, dealership, why is that any different from, you know, independent repair shops? But I think you hit the nail on the head of you, know, a lot of the guys don't know this, but dealerships aren't just like, hey, do whatever you want on your loaner car program. You know, they have a huge input, I'm sure, on what you're allowed to do, what kind of paperwork they need and all kinds of stuff like that don't usually put price out there but for you guys I've always said this of like what you guys offer versus what you guys charge is super affordable why don't you like talk really quickly of like rough pricing what we're kind of doing and then kind of just get into like hey how are my clients implementing this cuz remember we were talking before the show I heard it about you guys probably about 6 or 7 years ago and my client kind of showed me all the stuff that it does he was doing all of that himself but It was taking him a ton of time, and it was not automated. It was had no GPS tracking or anything like that. And he showed me this, and I was like, "Holy cow!" And at that point, I had a lot of clients had loaner cars. Not a whole lot of them had like an official loaner fleet. As you know, that has completely you know flipped the opposite direction. This is a huge tool for a lot of clients that. Probably already doing some of this stuff now manually, just like my client. But no, I guess just kind of talk about how this changes the life of a shop owner or how they implement this kind of stuff.
1: What we like to do is we like to offer flexible pricing model. So our base software, which is really good for people who don't need a lot of the bells and whistles, is $9 per bin. We do have a $25 per month minimum. But again, for most people that are operating in the cloud-based software world, that is a very affordable price point. Our costs are based on data usage. So that's how we can kind of judge that and we can judge how a customer is going to cost us money and how we price it for them, if that makes sense. Some of the things we add on for people we say are a la carte and let people pick and choose because, again, not every customer can use every feature. And so we wouldn't charge them for it if they can't use it anyone. Anyway, so the first one would be shop management management software integration. So we do integrate with most of the major shop management systems, very affordable. They typically come in about $19 a month to add that feature on. The other big one, and I think we might speak to this a little bit later, is the ability to, to embed an online merchant account into the program. That's a flat $35 a month. And it's a very affordable way to have access to a merchant account in our system. And then the third one, which is for the really tech savvy, or I also say, some people in different parts of the country, it's more important to have, but we do offer GPS tracking and even the ability to pull some data directly off the vehicle using what we call Geotab. It's a company that provides devices that can shoot that data dot. That's how we do our pricing. And I won't get into the GPS pricing, but other than the GPS pricing, the nice thing about us is that we include any of those things in a free 30-day trial to make sure it's what you want. And then if you want to go on to the trackers, et cetera, then we say, okay, we order those for you, et cetera. Everything else we let you do is part of the free 30-day trial. I hope that gives a little bit of information about how we price and why it's pretty fair, in our opinion.
0: It has more stuff that you get to add on, but even the base one, I mean, that's doing, probably if you're doing a loaner car, that base one is going to not only wipe out all the stuff that you are already doing or should be doing, Plus a lot more that you probably weren't even aware of, right? Of like, you're actually like scanning all the paperwork, all the driver's license. So it's actually all in the software. So instead of having a file folder or having a service advisor, maybe not remember to get that stuff, it's all scanned in there so that, you know, God forbid, if something does happen, all that information is already in there. And I know a lot of my clients have ended up switching to someone like you or your specific company after they've had an incident, right? Because a lot of guys, especially if you're new to loaner cars, they're like, well, I don't care about insurance or driver's license. They don't know that, hey, if there is an accident, you don't have all that stuff. Now it's right back on your insurance, not the customer's. Right.
1: So the benefit of using Shop Loaner is that basically, for most people, we're going to provide you the agreement itself. So some people don't even have that piece in place. And so we have a pretty good agreement. It has been tested many times that my customers tell me. And, you know, if people want to see it ahead of time, I can shoot you an example of it. You can send it off to your lawyer, your insurance company, and make sure that it, it's going to be a good fit for you. And then the other thing that is important about that is just having the form doesn't do much for you if you don't take the time to make sure it is filled out completely and accurately. So if you just scribble on a piece of paper someone's name and their phone number and throw them a set of car keys, you really haven't done your work to make sure that you're protected. So I always tell people the real idea behind our software is to make sure that that agreement form is filled out completely and accurately as possible. And sometimes, you know, people are like, why can't I skip these data fields? Well, we put that in place because we know that those are the important data fields that you would never want to skip when filling out these forms. Then on top of it, you know, if you are a little bit more tech savvy and you can step away from the PC, it's very easy for you to use really any device because it's a web-based interface to capture pictures of the driver's license, the insurance card, uh, a digital signature. And then we have found recently, we've added this new feature where you could always in the past read the agreement before you signed, but we are finding that people, even if they open it up, they're really not reading it. And our clients want customers to read some of these basic things that they are very important to them, like maybe not even in the fine print, but The car needs to come back on time. You're not allowed to smoke in the car, put animals in the car and replace the fuel. So what we've added, if you can use a more mobile device, is the requirement for a customer to tick these boxes, that they agree to these things before they can even sign. So now we have a state signed copy of this agreement for you. We have pictures of these things. We can also document pictures of the vehicle before it leaves. We also have documentation of any damage on the car. that can be connected with the vehicle as well. So we're documenting a lot of things. For our customers. And then we keep track of who has the car, when, where we're not going to lose the car and forget who's driving it on any day. And then if you need to look back in that history of that vehicle, you can look back and see who drove it three months ago. And it's one or two clicks away for you to get to that agreement and see who had it, et cetera. Then there's two other pizza to it. Like you get to the part where someone brings the car back and they didn't play by the rule. You know, we kind of help you keep track of judging like how much should we charge them for fuel or. The other big one is the after the fact, I call them pulse return charges. Are we going to eat the cost when people drive through toll or, you know, get a ticket? I was to about to
0: ticket? say just that.
1: Yeah. You know, those are the kind of things that you maybe aren't thinking about, but they wind up really costing you a lot of money. And especially if you're living in certain parts of the country, those can be huge expenses that you would rather recover those costs from your customers. And you have that on the agreement that they are going to be charged for those things in the future.
0: Especially well, those are coming months down the road, right? So if you don't have this tracking, imagine if you're sitting here listening to this right now and you have loaner cars and you're not using something like this. If you get a ticket today for something that happened in February, are you ever going to be able to figure out which one of your customers had that car You know, if you are, then you're probably in a very small category as people that track this, you know, versus with Shop Loaner, you could go in there and look. You could say, all right, which car was it? And you could look at the full calendar of every single one of your customers that had that. And then I guess also because it's talking with your shop management software, then you would also be able to go right there and say, hey, not only do I know who had it that day, I know what vehicle they had in here for work and obviously all their contact information on there as well, right?
1: Well, the contact information will be right on the agreement. And then the other thing is I recommend if you're in an area where you are kind of experiencing this is that you do add that feature that I talked about the online merchant account because what we do is we embed an online merchant account into the system for you. It allows you to take a customer's credit card into a pre-authorization when you create the agreement. When they return the car, we release that authorization. So it's not really a charge, but when you do that, you're creating a token that's attached to the agreement. This is a PCI compliant way for you to securely take a credit card because we're not storing the number, you're not storing the number, it's only stored in the merchant account. Now those three months go by and you see that this customer got, you know, $150 red light camera ticket. It is on the agreement that we provide. So on there, it is spelled out very clearly that their credit card on file can and will be charged for these things. So you go back in, you open the agreement and there's an option for you to add charges and take payment. Not only that, you take the payment and we have set into our system where you can create a template of text messages. So you have this customer's information in the agreement, including their mobile number. And very quickly, you can shoot off a text message just to remind them that this was part of the agreement and they signed it. I mean, you just want to put it in a friendly way. And that's why they're going to see this charge on their card. Because the next step is you don't want to have a customer disputing a charge because they don't understand why they're seeing that charge come through on their credit card. But we make it super easy and it literally, after working with the system, and I know I work with it a lot, but I could process that and complete that process in a matter of probably 10 or 20 seconds and take care of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that sounds incredible. I mean, if you go and rent a car at an airport, that's what they do, right? They come up with a tablet. They're making sure that you're initialing all these agreements like, hey, if you don't bring it back, we're gonna charge you $85 a gallon or whatever it is if you go and you you know rent a car from budget and you get a red light camera ticket, they're not going to call you up and say, hey, can you give us your credit card? They're going to say, you already approved for us to do this and we're going to run this. I mean, think about how few of these you would have to get where if you're not doing this stuff, you don't even have enough in your contract right now to probably even do this. And if you tried to run that card, and they dispute it you'll probably lose you know being able to recoup these costs that you're going to be paying for and if you have a loaner vehicle you're going to have these things that come up whether it's a red light ticket whether it's a you know toll there's something and this is allow you to not only track that but like you said go right back and say oh sorry Laura tough luck for you but that's a $75 red light ticket let me shoot you a text real quick of saying hey just notified that when you were driving our vehicle got a picture of it can go on this card. Call me if you have any questions.
1: Right. And I think the other part of it that's nice is that like, again, with the pricing, we don't force you into that feature. But if you're in a part of the country where you're struggling with these things, you know that you need that. Yeah. I think, again, like, you know that you're going to make that up by just having that feature included.
0: Let's face it. Your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. You need NapaTrax because it integrates with all the major players, including Napa ProLink, PartsTech, OE RepairLink, Epicor, TireConnect, Mitchell One ProDemand, and more. NapaTrax has leading-edge tools and technology that your shop needs right now. Unlike the other guys, we'll be there after your installation with the best training and support in the business. Your training includes a learning management system that is tailored to each role in your company. Simply put, Trax was designed and built for shop owners just like you. It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business to help optimize your shop's workflow, efficiency, and profitability. For over 30 years, Napa Trax has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the best, most comprehensive SMS in the industry. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. From your perspective on it, what is the big thing that you're hearing from shops on, you know, the big change that they've been able to make from going from no loaner cars, maybe they had a shuttle, maybe they had nothing, to a fleet of loaner cars. And then, then we can kind of talk about, all right, if you already do have loaner cars now, you know, what are at least the basics that you really need to be doing to be protecting yourself?
1: If you're thinking about get loaner cars, I would say the reason that you're going to do it is because it's a great way to entice customers to come to your shop versus, number one, a car dealership. Because car dealerships, nine times out of 10, are going to have loaner cars that they want to put customers in for certain repairs. But that being said, a lot of the car dealerships are going to be a little bit stingier because they might have requirements that it has to go for a warranty claim and things like that. You can pull those customers to your repair shop by having those vehicles to offer and basically, it's just a convenience factor that now you have replacement transportation for one of your customers that's going to struggle if they don't have their car for several days. And yet they're also going to pass up other repair shops on the way and come to you because you have this to offer them. So I think you're going to get more customers, number one. You're going to have happier customers when you can't get a part in. And now you have to extend the amount of time that they are without a car for a couple more days. Customers don't tend to complain if they have another vehicle to drive. And the other thing that we see is that when you call them on the phone and say, hey, we noticed that we're doing this repair for you, but you also need brake. Would you like us to do that? If they don't need their car back right now, they're going to agree to do that rather than have to bring their car back. And you say, well, you're going to need them within the next six months. They're like, "Mm, I don't want to be without my car again. So yeah, sure. Just go ahead and do that now. So they're seeing higher RO dollars. I just was at a convention last week And I had someone who's kind of in a little bit more of a rural area, and they told me, and I thought this number was incredible, but their average ro for customers that they put in the loaner cars is $3,500. And again, I thought that was an incredible number, but they are targeting it towards customers that are having these high ticket repairs and explaining to them the things that they can get done for them while they have them in the loaner car. And I think that's huge.
0: Well, and don't you think that that's even more important for probably some of the people in a rural area, right? If you're in a major metropolitan, you know, you could walk, you could, you know, take public transportation, you could do so many ways to get to your job. But, you know, it, the numbers make sense to me. Imagine if you're kind of out in the country on it and they come and they say, hey, Laura, we need to do a new transmission, not going to be here for three days. You know, you're going to be out of car for a week. You have a job, right? You have two kids. Guys, I can't do this. You know, what am I supposed to do here in the meantime? You know, and even some people are like, "Oh, we can go to enterprise. All of our world right now is how do we make it easier for our customers to spend money with us, right? The Amazon, I want it now. I want it in my hand. I don't want to do anything. And this is just removing all the friction from it, because even like you said on the brakes, is a customer really need their car? or is that another really easy excuse for them to say to decline it? Well, I kind of need my car back. Hey, you might want your car back, but I put you in a pretty decent car. Hey, why don't we just make sure that this is all done once, all done right, all this stuff is taken care of, bring me back my car on Tuesday. Yours will be ready on Tuesday. If you can't get in Tuesday, come in Wednesday morning. There's no more urgency, right? You can operate your shop differently because that urgency has gone away. And also, what kind of experience is that for your customer, right? It's no stress for them. It's no headache of having to call their spouse or someone to come pick them up. It's easier than hopefully it was in the past, right?
1: I always give this scenario when I'm actually showing people the software oh, one of the things for us that makes it even easier for you to get the customer in the car is we have the ability to send them a link to fill out the agreement before they come in or even when they're there. But one of the scenarios that I always use is myself. I do have four kids and I say, you know, you can go into our system and reserve that car for the mom of four. Number one, you're not going to have somebody take that car out from under you before she walks in the door with her four kids because I would say, what's the worst thing that could happen? You've promised this lady a car. <laughs> and she can put her four kids in and she can get them to all their after-school activities. And if that car's not there, that's a problem. But the second fold is, I'm also going to shoot her a text message link and ask her to fill out that agreement before she walks in the door, including sending pictures of her license and her insurance card. Now we don't have a frantic mom of four who ran in the door and didn't bring her insurance card with her. Like we're going to set it up all ahead of time and make the process super smooth and easy so that this can, you know, happen quickly, not take a lot of your employees time and make your customer happy, like you said.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, in that situation, let's say that you're doing this pen and paper on it. If you're slam packed and that mom comes in there to get it and you've got another customer there and you're still doing pen and paper, using your old scanner, or taking pictures of this, what are the chances your service advisor says, I don't have enough time to mess with this. Just take the keys and yeah. then you have, hopefully nothing happens and you have no sort of issues on it. But imagine the kind of liability you're taking for, you know, trying to save some time here. Because if you try and do this manually, it is a pretty big undertaking. And we know most shops, not every service advisor, not just sitting around waiting to fill out paperwork and use the copier to, you know, make all these copies or hopefully get them to sign all the things. And then you find out later, Hey, they didn't sign the last page. The only page we needed them to sign, they didn't sign.
1: Right. They're usually They're cool. pretty busy. I can say that.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. Now we've got the understanding we need to have a loaner car program. It's been successful for a lot of clients. If you have a loaner program, you know there's a ton of things you can do, right? You can do the GPS. I have people that have remote shut off, so they can literally turn off a vehicle on the click of a button. But you know what are the basics? We know that you need to have some sort of contract on there. You know, I heard you mentioned that we should be getting pictures of the driver's license and the insurance card. What is the bare minimum that if you're doing this stuff, you need to be doing or should be thinking about?
1: Well, if you haven't started, I always tell people a good place to start is to find yourself some vehicles. They don't have to be super expensive or fancy, but you're going to, you know, you may even have vehicles that you could acquire because someone doesn't want to fix them and you can fix them up and put them in your loaner fleet. I think that's a great way to find some cars that are affordable. I don't think it needs to be top line cars to put people in clean and safe. Are the two requirements, I think, that are necessary. Then the next step is that you're going to need to get insurance on those vehicles. So there's a couple ways to do that. And I, again, I'm not an insurance agent, but I've heard different ways to do it. We actually work quite a bit with a company called Lancer. They provide insurance for this type of vehicle. And there's another one called Federated and there's a couple other ones. And I can direct people in the right direction for those. But I've also heard that people that have shop insurance, they can contact their shop and ask their shop to insure the vehicles. As long as they're not being driven full-time by the owner or you know, an employee, typically there are shop insurances out there that will add on a rider for the vehicle as part of the shop. So that's there. And then the other thing that I hear quite a bit is that the shop owners are being coached and directed to start a separate LLC to put the vehicles in as a separate company. And then that company would technically, and I'm gonna use air quotes, rent the cars to the shop, basically add an extra layer of protection for liability from the shop. So those are the three things that people consider typically when they put them in. And I would say the very bare minimum is the cars and the insurance. I think maybe you have some more insight on the LLC portion of this. So I'm going to let you speak to that more than I because I'm also not a lawyer or an accountant. (laughs) So I think that you could probably speak to that better than I can.
0: You know, you mentioned a couple of people that you work with. Loaner car insurance is not super specialized, but it is specialized. You know, there's going to be a lot of you listening right now that if you call in your insurance agent, I always tell people insurance will just sit with your accountant and your lawyer you need to be truthful with them. Do not hide anything because insurances are a for-profit company. They are looking not to pay and they would love nothing more than to say, hey, Laura, thought that that was covered, but now you're finding out it's not. So when you are going talking to your insurance agent, be explicitly clear, 100% honest on what you're using these vehicles for. Because sometimes you're going to find out, hey, we're not going to cover that. Wouldn't you rather know about that now than when you're sitting there looking at a totaled vehicle? Make sure that your insurance company is okay with what you're doing. And then also, you know, Laura put out some good stuff here. Your insurance agent is also going to say, hey, if something does happen for a claim, here's what we're going to need to see. So you're working with a couple different people here to make sure that you're protected and you're doing the right stuff. Like you mentioned, there is a ton of benefits of this for a shop. But if not made aware of this, there is liability. You have customers driving a business vehicle here. So even if it has nothing to do with your business, you are always going to have some liability here because your name is on the registration. And God forbid, your personal name is on that registration. If you are going to do a loaner vehicle, it should not be in your personal name whatsoever. This has to be a business vehicle registered in the shop or let's talk about the loaner car LLC. For rental real estate, we see this all the time. I advise this up and down, if you own the building and dirt, rent it from your shop, two separate LLCs. There's absolutely no downside. Doesn't hurt on taxes, but it separates our legal liability. So slips and falls in a parking lot, They can sue my real estate LLC, not my shop. Loaner car is the same idea. And I've heard a lot of people kind of advocating clients to do this. And on the surface, I agree with it. No one wants to get sued. Everyone wants to be protected, but at what cost? So for a real estate rental LLC, other than the original setup of this, virtually zero cost to have that in operation. You have just a holding company that's getting some rent, paying some mortgage payment. A loaner car LLC is a lot different because we have a lot of different considerations that have to go into place. In order for this to stand up in court, it has to be a legitimate transaction and what the IRS calls an arm's length transactions. So if they look at your shop and they look at your loaner car company, they need to be operating independently. That means that the loaner car company has to be receiving enough income from its customers to be able to pay its operating costs. If that loaner car company owns the loaner cars, it's making the loan payments, it's paying for repairs, it's paying for gas, it's paying for registration. it's paying for insurance. That needs to be a freestanding profitable company or else any lawyer is going to look at this and say, nice try. I know what you are trying to do here. This loaner car company owns all the vehicles. All of the repairs get written off through the shop. All of the gas is running down through the shop. This is not an arm length transaction whatsoever. And they're suing everyone and anyone and it's not going to ever stand up. So if you are going to do a loaner car company, loaner car LLC, corporation, however you want to set it up, you need to do it right and you need to do it like you are not any sort of relationship between the two. Now, the downside to this is if you do this correctly, it does get pretty expensive here because if you have a freestanding insurance on a loaner car company, it is a lot more expensive than adding a rider onto your shop. Again, they're not allowed to attach the two on it. So the insurance has to write it just for that one. Another thing on this is depending on where you are, most states are going to want some sales tax money on this. So if you're in a state that has, let's just say 10% sales tax, I don't think anyone does, but I'm just using it for my simple math. Tennessee is close. Tennessee is close and New York City is above it, right? So let's say that you need to pay, I don't know, $3,000 a month for the loaner cars in order for that to be solvent. You could be paying three hundred dollars a month in sales tax, and that's just a cost. That's almost four thousand dollars a year, coupled on with a couple thousand dollars extra to file the taxes and to pay the insurance. Yes, we are getting some benefit on here from legal protection, but now it's costing us six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars. You know, and so what I tell people is, hey, if you're very risk averse, I get it, but there is a cost. There is not a you know, it's not like a no brainer decision. A lot of my clients have originally done this and then kind of seen the light on it because they weren't doing this correctly whatsoever. And so I would say, hey, if you're not going to do this correctly, pay sales tax, make sure it's arm's length, then get rid of this. You have an additional cost with no benefit. Instead, take that money and go to your insurance company, add this as a rider, and then take some of that savings and say, you know what? Throw another million dollars on top of my umbrella. Throw another 2 million on it. You know, umbrella coverage is very cheap to add on there. They hope and know that you're probably never going to use this. But, you know, if you have good rates, another million dollars in umbrella, maybe 800 bucks a year. I mean, super affordable. And actually in practice, depending on what your lawyer feels, I feel like that it actually probably gives you more benefit than a, you know, separate LLC. Because unfortunately, I've seen clients firsthand get sued because of this stuff. And let's say that you have a shop, Laura. You got Lara's automotive. You got Laura's loaner cars. Something happens with the loaner cars, they're naming the loaner car LLC, they're naming the shop, they're naming the real estate LLC, they're naming you, they're naming your spouse, they're naming everyone and anyone in this lawsuit, right? It's a shotgun approach. Now, if it ever actually goes to court, it'll drop a lot of it. None of these go to court, right? They get settled out. And so be careful on this one. Make sure that you are actually getting the protection that you think that you are. And like I said, if you're going to do this halfway, it just doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, and I think this right there is why it's important that you have a good accountant in place who understands what you're going to be paying versus your benefit. And it's worth it for you to ask your accountant upfront to make sure. And I know that your company does a lot of stuff that's very specific to shops, So, I mean, that just shows the benefit of that. Someone who really understands how these things run and the costs that are really involved in them.
0: Yeah, and you know, talking to your attorney, talking to your insurance agent, right? You know, ask all these questions, ask all these what ifs because you want to make sure that you can get these good or bad, you know, before you actually need to know this. Because unfortunately, most of this first hand experience that I'm talking about is stuff that I've learned from shops. When they are getting sued because that person was drunk and, you know, mowed down 15 different mailboxes with one of their loaner cars. And now they're figuring yeah, out, exactly. Hey, if you don't sign this, this and this, this is now our, you know, out of our pocket. We're buying all these mailboxes and stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah,
1: so maybe we need to talk about who you give the loaner car to.
0: That's what I was about to say. I was like, speaking of bad drivers, because that's when you sit on here, the candidates, I was like, is this a shop? So yeah, if you have a shop on it, I guess, are you allowed to say, who can get it and you can't and you know what do you see shops doing to kind of say all right sure or no thank you you should get a friend to come pick you up
1: the first thing we need to talk about is who is a good candidate so we've talked about this several times but when you have insurance on these vehicles it's typically just basically to fill in the gap so that customer that you're putting into the vehicle should have full coverage insurance
0: now does your software verify that or how are people verifying to make sure that that's current coverage
1: so the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to ask them for their insurance card and that insurance card should say comprehensive or full coverage on it. I always give people a couple of clues on how to figure that out. And right now we are actually in the process of working with a company that is trying to connect into a database, be able to pull that information back out for our customers. Now, that being said, we're also doing a cost analysis on that because these things usually are pay by search, et cetera. So how much is it worth to our customers to add on this feature? I will say that the second step to that is if you do really want to know, that insurance card has a number on it and you can call and you can make sure that that policy is in good standing and has been paid because maybe it seems like overkill, but you're putting them in your vehicle. And when you call that number, you can make sure the policy is in good standing. And why I say that is because most insurance companies allow for a monthly payments instead of paying for a full year. Whereas when you look at that insurance card, it will tell you it doesn't expire for like six months or a year. So a person can very easily get an insurance card and have that and have it be completely invalid because they didn't pay their monthly payment for that insurance. The second part of it is I would put customers in these vehicles that are coming in with a high dollar repair order because we don't want to give up a vehicle to someone who is insisting on a car and they're getting, you know, an oil change and a tire rotation. I mean, that's not the the benefit we're looking for, putting someone in a car. Now, on the flip side, who do I think is not a good candidate? I mean, as soon as that insurance card says, you know, collision or something like that, somewhere on there, I'm not putting them in a car. I get a lot of questions of like, can you get this daily insurance like you would get at Enterprise Rent-A-Car? We haven't found a company that really wants to offer that to shops and Just because most of the fleets are so small, it's not a good business model for them. So unfortunately, I haven't found a whole lot of insurance companies. We have looked into it to see if we could find someone that would offer this to all of our customers. Maybe we could say, well, maybe they only have two or three vehicles. But as a group, you know, we have a huge pool of clients that have two or three vehicles. You know, it's we haven't had a lot of success finding that. I would also say that if you see a customer pull up and you know, number one, that their vehicle is not worth a whole lot of money. They're not going to have comprehensive insurance for that vehicle. Secondly, if you're looking at that car and it hasn't been well maintained, it's been, you know, you're looking inside of it, it's full of garbage, it's been trashed, you can tell they smoke in it. I'm just not putting them in one of my nice cars. You know, we just don't have any cars available that day because my rule of thumb is someone's going to treat your vehicle the same way they treat their own or worse. So, probably I'm, worse, probably, right? Yeah. I'm we've all seen those, we've
0: all seen people leaving the rental car lot. No one's driving slowly. <laughs>
1: I mean, those are the kind of things that I'm looking at is like, yeah, you're not the customer I'm looking for in one of my cars. And, you know, again, you probably just don't have any available that day. You
0: know, I was about to say, how do you phrase that other than you take terrible cares of your car and you're going to screw mine up? I guess with this, you're like, hey, I'm sorry, I've already promised this to someone else. You might see those three beautiful new loaner cars that are all wrapped out in the parking lot and wonder why I can't give them to you. Hey, we've already scheduled those for other people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the easiest way to do it. And if they insist, I mean, there's a couple of things that I, I can put out there that maybe would weigh you to do it. But again, I still think you're going to like weigh the benefit of is this a customer I really want versus if they walk out the door and they don't get the repair here, you know, like, you know, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. But again, I mean, we all know that at some point in time, there are customers we just don't want as customers. And maybe you don't know that yet, but those are the kind of things that I'm looking for initially. The second thing I would tell you is there are ways that you can make money with these cars aside from, you know, the big RO dollars. And one of them would be to say, well, you don't really qualify for this repair. However, we can give it to you for a daily rate of this because then they have a little skin in the game. And, you know, are they just pressing you because they think it's free and that they should get it? Once you say, well, you know, your repair doesn't really qualify for these loaners cars. We only hand them out to people that have a certain ticket certain level RO number and if they are willing to pay maybe then it becomes worth it to you but again
0: depends on how many I guess you have right
1: I think so and I think also it's like I said I mean you start to get a feel for customers you just don't want and I think that's true in any industry just the cost of sales is just too high If that makes sense.
0: Just like a lot of things that have come from a dealer, go to the dealer. You go in there for an oil change, they're not going to give you a loaner car, right? It's They have a ton of them because they're trying to sell you the new ones. they're going to put you in there, but they have a limit. And if you're below that limit, they'll sometimes give you one depending on where, but you're going to be paying for it. And because that was one of my questions that I had was, my clients always ask, hey, do you charge? Do you not charge? And what some of my clients do is everyone actually pays. Everyone, quote unquote, gets charged but no one does at the same time because they want their clients to see that value of they're saying, Hey, you know, we do charge $30 a day, but you qualify. Now, what they didn't tell the customer is everyone's qualifying for it. But again, it's showing that value. It's making sure that, you know, your customers are aware of that value. But yeah, I mean, like you said, of making sure you're using your good judgment on it. And then I think the big thing that you didn't mention that I've heard from my clients is especially the ones that they first get loaner cars they're giving them out to everyone and anyone. Oil change, state inspection, I don't care. Use my loaner cars. People get spoiled, right? And it's easy to add more stuff to the customer, but taking it away can sometimes be a real big detriment because you've kind of spoiled them and said, well, you gave me a loaner car on my last two oil changes. That was really nice. Yeah, but I should enough. Because you might think, oh my God, I didn't have loaner cars. Now I have eight those eight can get used up very quickly because that's the arms race I see on people. Oh, I got a loaner car. Oh, I got three. How many got now? 10. Because once you get a couple of them, it opens your eyes and you're like, man, so many different aspects. There's so many situations where this is a lot easier. Hey, you know what? We didn't think that you're going to need any more work, but you do. I know you're at work. What I'm going to do is I have one of my guys swing over. He's going to drop off a loaner car there. Don't need to come pick up a loaner car. We're just going to be able to do all of this stuff. And I mean, just completely changing people's lives, not only clients and profitability and technicians, but also customers. I mean, customers are busy. This is not what they are wanting to do, right? When customers come in to spend money with you, unfortunately, they're not generally that happy. Like, Let's try to make this experience at least otherwise as easy as possible.
1: One of the things you spoke to is like you're saying like someone's going to pay for it. In our software, we actually have something called the rental type. And you choose that rental type. So it could be, you know, type of warranty that you offer and you're going to be reimbursed by that warranty company. You can make money if you can do insurance. And the insurance company will reimburse you for the, the replacement vehicle. The other thing I coach people on all the time is to say we have a rental type that is called courtesy and it's reimbursed by the shop. So our courtesy car costs $35 or $40 a day or whatever is the going rate in your area. And then you show that the shop is going to reimburse that as a courtesy. So now back to the very first point about an LLC and an arm's length transaction. If you do it that way, you are showing that there is a rate for this. And that money that's coming from that daily rate really should be going to the LLC. If you are interested in setting up an LLC, that is one way to show that money is flowing into the LLC for the use of these vehicles. So that's my number one thing on there. Put a reason in, put a rate with it. And then if you don't want that customer to pay for it, there should be a way that it's being reimbursed by someone other than the customer. Okay. So now we have the customer that's insisting on the car and we put them in as customer pay. The customer's actually going to pay the daily rate with no reimbursement. So it's another way that you can discourage the bad customers and or Still make money, like a certain geographical regions of this country, people expect to pay for these things and not have them be courtesies. So that's always a possibility. I think it's reasonable in certain areas of the country where cars are so limited to say, Well, I can do this for you and I'm gonna give it to you at a very reasonable rate instead of you having to go to enterprise. I can do this for you for thirty or thirty-five bucks a day. And maybe I do even reimburse some of it. But again, I think customers are able to see that and especially Like you said, it's hard to pull it back, but then also in certain parts of the country, customers expect to pay for things.
0: That's a really good point there. And it's like, hey, I can't afford a loaner car. Hey, if you can charge for this, then you probably can. And then also the argument I have on some of my clients, hey, if this guy's spending 4600 bucks with me, I can kind of eat the $60. Now, one of the things that you mentioned here, which goes right back to what you're talking about the LLC, I didn't even know that your software could do this. And is a big gripe for a lot of people of, well, Hunt, how do I figure out if I owe the vehicle rental tax or sales tax or s tax? If I'm running this down through there and I do it where it's courtesy and that's going to give me the amount that I need to pay my loaner car company, is that also going to show me how much my shop owes my loaner car company for sales tax and vehicle rental tax?
1: Correct. In our checkout, I would say when we're checking a vehicle back in, We can configure that check-in screen all different ways and we can put different data fields in there for different charges. And then we can even separate those charges and whether they would be taxable or non-taxable charges. Again, we're not accountants, but if you know what things are taxable and aren't, like I, for example, tell people most of the time fuel is not taxable if it's replacement costs. However, rental fees, and there might even be secondary rental taxes depending on what state you're in. You can actually put your own sales tax into the setup if you want. But if you have secondary taxes, we can help you with that. And we can calculate things as a percentage. We have ways to calculate certain things that are per day taxes. Some of the states get very tricky. We do our best to put all those things in there so that they calculate correctly. And then when you look at your reports, it'll break it all out for you. So if it's simple sales tax, that is easy because... We just basically need to know what charges are taxable, and which ones aren't, and then we calculate it for you. The big thing that you do need to remember on that, again, I'm not an accountant, but you are, is that how are you receiving payment for this? And if you really do want to separate your LLC from your shop, I would 100% recommend putting the merchant account into our system, taking payment for everything through that merchant account separate from the shop. Because if you push these charges back into the repair order, then you have to be very careful about where you're pushing them in and you're not taxing twice. They need to come in below the subtotal, below the taxable total. If we're taxing for you, don't have the shop management system taxed again before you take it through your point of sale.
0: And now can you do receivables on this? Like, Can you have a customer that's running up a bill and then say, all right, I'm going to pay this at a later date or no?
1: Typically, I mean, I wouldn't really recommend that, but we do have a feature in our system that we can close out the rental agreement and it can have a balance due. And we have a, we will have in our system a list of rental agreements that are open with a balance due. Some people use it more as a soft accounting system for when they have not quite, not quite been reimbursed, maybe by a warranty company or an insurance company or their own shop, right? Yes. So you could leave that as an open balance due. But I would also tell you, if you know your shop's going to pay you, hopefully they're good for it. You can show the payment, but our reports will show you at the end of the month how much money that shop should be paying the LLC.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, because again, we're trying to make this look as arm's length. Hey, if my loaner card company is not related to my shop, I still might give that shop terms of, hey, I'm going to total up all of your customers at the end of the month, but you better get me a check. You better get me a credit card. And it sounds like with the merchant, yeah, we'll pay a little bit of credit card fees there, but it might be easy enough too to have the shop credit card saved. Hey, we got a courtesy vehicle come through, run the card because that's what enterprise would do to us. So why are we going to treat this thing any differently? Now, you brought up it again, which is a really cool. And the sales tax, you're exactly right. Some states are very easy. It's sales tax. Other states are super weird because it's like, well... You only pay a half rate and then you're in this district of Atlanta. So then you have to pay the amusement and vehicle excise. It can get very confusing, but yours is calculating that stuff. And some of those smaller ones, they're still just percentages. So being able to have that automated, is going to save you those spreadsheets or maybe a lot of you, the no sales tax that you're filing right now. I did have a question for you because this is something that will be news to me is, so you mentioned that the warranty companies are owing people money on this. I don't think that a lot of people realize that, hey, warranty is very similar to insurance. In their terms, they will pay for stuff. If you do not charge for the free rental car, the warranty company is not going to pay for the free rental car. However, if you are charging the customer $35 a day, and this is an aftermarket warranty claim, I mean, what kind of success rate are you seeing for these companies that are getting reimbursed into you know, extended warranty people for these rental cars?
1: Well, honestly, a lot of people aren't doing it because they don't have a way to document it. So, basically, all it takes is being able to reproduce the rental agreement with the charges on it. And by the way, our software is so easy that if you needed to back the reimbursement out, show balance due, you can do that. You can go back in and edit it so that it basically shows the right charges and what's due as you send it off to the extended warranty company or insurance company. The other thing our system does is it allows you to open up a rental agreement and turn it into an invoice. It looks very similar to an QuickBooks invoice. uh, And you can kind of tick the boxes of what things from that rental agreement should be included on the invoice. And basically, it's creating the documentation you need to get reimbursed from those companies. And a lot of my customers don't do that. And then I tell them, you know, I kind of ask them as I'm going through the setup process with them, like I'm kind of we're going back and forth before we do the free 30 day trial. And I'm just trying to get a feel for, you know, what do we need to put in here to help you? I typically say, hey, this is a question for you. Like, why are your cars going out? Do you do you charge? Do you want to show a charge for courtesy and show it reimbursed? Do you want to show customer pay? But then I always ask them, do you do warranty work and insurance work or you can get reimbursed? And they say we do, but we don't do a good job of getting paid. They know that typically all it takes is that documentation and they'll say to me, well, we can do it now because this is all we really needed in place to get those dollars back.
0: I mean, a lot of my clients don't even do extended warranties because, you know, it can be a big headache, but the ones that do usually are a little bit selective. There's still ones that are terrible to deal with, but... The hardest part a lot of times what I hear is the back and forth communication and all right, how do we get this? But it sounds like as long as you have the person's email, you could say, hey, you guys are gonna owe us for the repair, obviously. And I'm also gonna shoot you over a copy of our invoice because we also had to put this customer in a loaner car. I mean, how can they balk at this? And you and I both know insurance is all about documentation. Not really amounts, not really how it got paid. If you have it documented, they'll generally pay. If you do not have it documented, they're gonna say, no, thank you. You know, take a hike.
1: The two things I know is that certain insurance companies and certain extended warranty companies, it's included when you have those. When someone signs up for an extended warranty, one of the things that they're paying for is a replacement vehicle. So if it is part of that extended warranty and the warranty repair falls into that category, literally all it is is a matter of you saying, yes, I put a customer into a vehicle for this reason. And that's why we require the RO number. People are like, why do we have to fill in the RO number? Well, because if it ever comes back to the fact of why did you put the customer in that car, we want to be able to link it up with the repair you did. And you say, this is the customer, this is the repair, and this is what their extended warranty covers.
0: And usually I know like on mine, and when I've looked at it, usually it's not like, oh, you're covered for a day. It's usually a good bit of, hey, we're not going to pay forever, but we will pay a max of 45 days or, you know, 1500 bucks. I mean, we're not talking about small amounts of money here that you can get reimbursed.
1: No, and I'll tell you another popular one, and I don't know that much about it, but I will just throw this out there to anybody listening, is CarMax. Apparently, like if there's a CarMax purchase, they, I think, offer a certain amount of warranty when you purchase that vehicle. And if it does need to be repaired, I know that CarMax pays for a replacement vehicle. And it's becoming very popular to do CarMax repairs because of that.
0: Oh, yeah. And we don't usually say the other C word because of the negative stuff that goes along with it. But Carvana, I believe, is the same way. Carvana has a (laughs) completely weird thing where I think you get like a seven-day, no-questions-asked warranty. I have a couple of clients that are marketing to those owners because they're like, bring your car in after you buy a Carvana because anything that we come up with, which is what your vehicle needs, they're going to pay for. So have them pay for it before you have to. And Probably the reason why Carvana's going out of business as well, too, among they're not actually giving titles for a vehicle and selling stolen or salvaged vehicles. But hey, (laughs) yeah,
1: I know. But I mean, that's a great strategy. I did not know that, but that's interesting. I did know that they were going out of business and I was just thinking maybe their business model, there was something wrong with it. But that's a great insight there, too.
0: Oh, and their business model was terrible too, right? But I mean, this is all goes into, this is little stuff here, little stuff here, right? This is making some profit in the crumbs on it. But I get everything is time value of money, right? How much is your time worth? Are, Laura, are you going to call and sit on the phone for three hours with the extended warranty company to get $70? No. Is it worth 20 seconds of your time to shoot that invoice to them from your software to get reimbursed for that 70 I would argue it is. Maybe your time's more valuable than I think, right? You know, but it's yeah. the easy stuff. It's like you know, making your life easier, making your customers' life easier, and then ultimately here, you know, the big undertone of what we've been talking about too is making sure that you're protected, you know, from the known and hopefully as much as the unknown that we can get. So, thank you so much for coming on. I think hopefully everyone has paused this episode and they're going to check you out. But yeah, I guess want to kind of leave it with that. Of if, if I'm sitting here thinking right now, I'm a shop of. I don't even know where to start or I'm already doing loaner cards and I'd like to learn more. What's the best way of them kind of getting into contact with you and maybe getting a demo of this as well?
1: So I will tell people the easiest way to find me is just to go to our website, shoploaner.com. There is a button at the top that says request a demo. Don't be afraid of that. I am not going to hound you. You fill out a little bit of information about yourself and your company and I get a notification. I send you an email right back with a link to my calendar. If you want to schedule that demo, you pick a time. And honestly, I just chat with you during that, give you a nice visual during a video meeting and just tell you about what we can do for you. And if you want to call me, my number is 513-334-1056. That's my direct number. And you can reach me by email, ltierney at shoploaner.com. And that might be the hardest way, but that's my email as well. So I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Yeah. And I'll put all that contact information in the show notes here. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of give a little personal, you know, voucher confidence. I am not charging Laura. Laura is not paying me to do this by any means. Whenever I do stuff, it's because I believe in the product and I hear firsthand experience on this from my clients that we've dealt with. You guys have a hundred percent record of blowing people out of the water. I have never heard one bad thing. Um, we finally actually got to meet face to face in vision this year. And I was like, you have to come on. I mean, there's very few out there where I can say you have all raving fans. It's, you know, not overly complicated. It just works and people love it. So thank you for coming on here. Thank you for what you guys do. And yeah, I will guess I will talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate
1: you. And I hope I see you again at another shop show. I'll be looking for you.
0: I'm sure you will. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that talk with Laura. Um, I'm going to put all of her contact information in here in the notes like I talked about. And just want to say thanks again, as always, for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a future episode, be happy to hear them. So shoot me an email at podcast at Also, just want to say thanks again for listening off on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listening apps. Thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.